The following is a Secure Foundation broadcast. If you do not have the proper security clearance to listen to this broadcast, please turn off your listening device now and turn yourself in to the police. Our personnel will take it from there. Commencing playback of deadly auditory cognito hazard in 3, 2, 1. Hello, and welcome to the Secure Contained Podcast, the show that explains and discusses every aspect of the SAP Foundation, one topic at a time. I'm your co-host, David. I'm your co-host, Soren. And today, uh, scripted in our notes, um, I'm going to do this a little farther back so you can hear it a little bit less. I also don't have my contacts in, so I can't see, but Uh-oh. today, we're doing Marshall Carter and Dark! Heck yeah, these are good ones. Ooh, purple. Yeah, the website's purple now, cause, purple. and it has its own logo, and it says NYC, London, Hong Kong. So oh I my guess god! That's where they have bases. I just looked back at the audio thing, like on Audacity. Uh-oh. It's like it's almost a full fucking bar. <laughs> oh, well, no. that was unlistenable. We apologize <laughs> for uh, people that are gonna actually tell what we said. Uh, today we're doing Marshall Carter and Dark. Um, I, Which I is don't a group of people that I believe acquire through various means and then auction anomalous objects to rich people. They're like people that like buy Supreme and then resell it back on e- eBay, but with like SCPs. Yeah, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we're gonna so go ahead. And... They steal Supreme. I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Sure. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Um. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm gonna. Uh. Actually, didn't in Doctor Strange weren't the bases in New York City, yeah. London, and Hong Kong? Huh. Okay. I don't. That had nothing to do with it. it I just don't know if that head. has anything to do with it. I don't think it does. But who knows? Because um, it's all people writing people things. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> okay um so yeah so we're gonna go ahead <clears throat> and read the overview on the hub it's just it's just the usual hubs of yeah of the group it's just interest. The stuff that's in character mm-hmm. um yeah so on the overview why do rich people care about making money the poor certainly need to care about doing so when one's resources are only enough to scrape by money is all that matters and it's important for the middle class as well looking after their spouses their children there's a culture of dependence that weighs them down the rich want to make money because they can always become richer there's always another echelon of wealth to rise above some degree of opulence that is beyond their grasp they drive to even further heights seeking to stake their thirst for coin they care about making money simply because they can to do so the rich exploit the the rich exploit people far below them on the social ladder the poorest of the poor to the oil magnate to the harsh dictator to the kings and queens and lords and ladies the common people are, are specks of dirt to marshal carter and dark the rich are unto ants. People, regardless of social standing, are all the same. The poor may spend their savings on worthless yet treasured trinkets sold by the middle class. The salary man may splurge on a pretty ring for his wife, the profits of which go into the pockets of a wealthy, wealthy mining boss. In the same way, the gullible rich will burn millions of dollars on a single impossible object. Everyone is willing to waste their precious, precious money on something out of the ordinary. But value is artificial. The poor spend their pennies on mass-produced china, convinced that it has some worth to it. The rich convince the middle class that diamonds are rare and valuable, despite the stones being retrieved in Africa by the billion. Marshall Carter and Dark convince the rich that the impossible is invaluable, while any any uh, an artist on the street can twist a die into a hypercube. 
The methodology of such a scheme is quite simple, but the critical step is to gain a market monopoly. If you're the only seller in town, you can set the price at any level you desire, so long as you can drum up demand. In this regard, Marshall Carter and Dark have the advantage. For hundreds of years, they were the only peddlers of anomalous wares in the world. They had the time to gain the capital, and with that capital, they can now outprice even the most competitive upstart. While organizations such as the Foundation, the GD GOC, and the Horizon Initiative resent the company's existence, they are unable to deal with such an unassailable economic powerhouse. <clears throat> with a glance, Marshall, Carter, and Dark can could level a city, bankrupt a, com a country, with a single call. They could plunge the planet into thermal nuclear war. Yet, to the eternal relief of all, they are the least volatile players in the anomalous field. After all, if the veil of secrecy were to break, their trinkets would become worthless. Their business would crumple and dissolve. While this may cause some to think that Marshall Carter—well, sorry—while this may cause some to think of Marshall Carter and Dark as a massive faceless corporation, their workforce numbers at most in the order of 100 personnel. Their operations are directed and streamlined, maximizing efficiency and minimizing cost. Further manpower, if necessary, is outsourced from other organizations. Those in the highest positions of power are perhaps the most mysterious. Wild stories abound on the subject. Depending on the source, they may be ghosts or demons, old men sending messages from beyond the grave, faceless monsters from another world, or even shape-shifting lizard men. A major part of their operations is established supply lines between various anomalous groups. Marshall, Carter, and Dark purchase directly from groups such as Dr. Wondertainment and The Factory, reselling their goods at exorbitant markups. Prometheus Labs gladly supply the group with their latest research in exchange for samples of exotic and complex anomalies. They often host an art exhibitions, exerting notable control of the artistic market. Artistic. Our artistic marketplace. Hmm. Uh, similarly, similarly, they host various social functions for the most rich and powerful people in the world. With hooks throughout Europe, America, Russia, and China, there is never trouble finding a market for a given item. They are, of course, willing to sell to any buyer. Groups such as the Chaos Insurgency are some of their most valuable clients. Perhaps the organization mo most opposed to Marshall, Carter, and Dark are the Mana Charitable Foundation and the Serpent's Hand. Mana Charitable often attempts to sabotage their operations due to their restrictions of anomalous goods to the upper class. However, their limited range of resources make them more irritating than threatening. The Serpent's Hand, meanwhile, are directly and openly antagonistic, caring neither for the veil of secrecy or the company's continuing practice of anomalous human trafficking. And impossible to economically intimidate, they represent the only pervasive threat to the group's operations. Without question, Marshall, Carter, and Dark are one of the most important pieces on the chessboard of the anomalous world, occasionally putting other players into check, but never into mate. For Marshall, Carter, and Dark, the planet is an intricate network they have, securely, they have secured safely beneath their thumb, where winning and losing are meaningless terms. There's no need to move pieces when you can move the board. When you can end the match at any time, there's only one reason to continue. It's all about playing the game. Ooh. <clears throat> so they're like... They're rich people. They're rich. They're rich who sell to the rich because they know the rich want what the other rich have. They're rich. They're the richer people. <clears throat> yeah, but like they also don't care. <laughs> they're the richer people who are also thankfully neutral in everything. Yeah, they, they, it seems like they sell. Yeah, they, they they buy and sell for the fun of it. Yeah, they don't like actually care about like making the money. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're just like. Yeah, it, it's it's they do it more. For, it's almost like they do it more for sport than like actually having it because they're so rich at this point they just don't fucking care anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have a couple things that we're gonna read actually. Yeah, there's um, a bunch. So they have their own format of product things that has like memos and a basic listing. 
It's like a product sheet. Or like yeah, a, it's like a, a product sheet. This mm-hmm. first one has a, it also has an SCP entry, which mm-hmm. we are not gonna read, but it is number two nine four seven. And it's uh well it's Marshall Carter and Dark ID is FDG four three slash W one N R three slash five S L A two. Also known as fidget winners. Yes. Also so. there's a link to all the glitter glisters, which is a set <laughs> of things that does something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? Do you wanna go ahead and read this one? Yep. Alright, okay. their status currently is they are leasing slash renting, their demand is low, their value is 2,800 GBP, or 4,000 US dollars per pair per monthly lease, <laughs> 1,000 GBP slash 1,400 US dollars per pair per, da- per pair per daily rental. The availability, current inventory, 12 pairs, additional units can be requisitioned if the demand exists, identifier, fidget winners. Description. Fidget winners are anomalous versions of the recent fad toys, fidget spinners. Recent. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry if you're listening in the future, it's dated now. When a minimum of two fidget winners are spun counterclockwise, items will horizontally levitate up to 65 feet and project fanciful semi-tangible holograms beneath them who will then engage in combat. Spinning items clockwise displays the vital statistics of these fighting characters. Marshall Carter and Dark LLP, LLP, they do LLC sometimes, but LLP, is not liable for any damage caused by the fidget winner battles. <laughs> then there's an initial report, some memos, external reports, internal reports, and more memos, which we're going to read. Mm-hmm. So the initial report, author Victor Chan, date March 7th, 2018, interest low, fidget winners. I was reviewing our most recent version of the SCP database for potential for potential acquirable items, so they just have that, by the way. They just <laughs> have the whole database for some reason. <laughs> Alright. When SCP-4942947 caught my attention, they're fidget spinners that generate ethereal, though still partially tangible, combatants over 50 feet tall if there's room, which will then engage in a spectacular battle. Naturally, the high amount of death and destruction such entities can potentially cause limits their desirability, but one of my clients, the Circus of the Disquieting, Herman Fuller's Circus of the Disquieting, is a circus of anomalous things that I don't I don't believe is on our list to cover, but if you would like us to cover it, just let us know through mm-hmm. Twitter or the Discord, mm-hmm. and we'll take a look if there's, if there's enough interest, then we will. But they have expressed an interest in them. They intend to put on monster fights with an especially constructed ring, which should provide ample room to fight while minimizing risk to spectators. Since the circus plans to use these items on a daily basis, I believe it would be best to lease them the fidget winners at a reasonable monthly rate, in addition to a yet-to-be-finalized percentage of their revenue from these fights. However, it occurs to me that other clients may desire them for special occasions only, and I would also recommend renting these items out on a per diem basis as well. According to the SCP file, non-anomalous fidget spinners can be converted into fidget winners simply by coming into contact with the original SCP-2947. This means it should be possible for one of our operatives to covertly produce a supply of these items without stealing anything or the Foundation being alerted to any breach of security. I formally request that one of our operatives acquire as many duplicates of this SCP as possible and that they be sent to the Hong Kong office. Uh, And then I'll read uh, the two memos. Um, 
Memo one, uh, the sender is Amos Marshall. The recipient is Victor Chan. Marshall, Lo- by the way. What did I say? No, Marshall, as of Marshall, Carter, and Dark. Oh, 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 yeah. That makes yes, sense. Um, low cost, low risk, and the potential for obscene profit margins. Request wholeheartedly approved. Looking over the SCP file, I don't doubt these beasts would put on a bloody good show, but we shouldn't overlook their potential for collateral damage. Consult the A-78XDS with the rental and leasing agreement on this one. Make sure it's crystal clear that we're 100% absolved of any liability in the event of a catastrophe. On a personal note, keep me updated on how the circus is using these. It's been a while since I've seen a good freak fight, and it just might be worth going out to see a pair of 50-foot-tall ghost monsters duke it out. In memo 2, uh, sender is Jim Tully. The recipient is once again Victor Chan. Victor, I've been doing some product testing with the fidget winners, and it seems they gain XP after each victory and lose it after a defeat. If they collect enough, enough XP, they evolve like Pokemon into a bigger, stronger, more aggressive form. Considering how these things start out, that's saying something. We've only triggered one evolution so far, and I'll spare you the details, but if we didn't have that drone set up to knock the actual spinner down, it would have been a disaster. If these things were actual paratech, then either myself or Iris could reprogram them to be less problematic, but as far as we can tell, they're just cursed fidget spinners. The good news is that it, it seems to take about 12 straight victories to trigger an evolution. I'd recommend keeping careful track of each fidget winner's victories, which shouldn't be too hard since they come with a stat display. When one starts gaining too much XP, it should be paired with against an opponent it's likely to lose to. If one gets too close to the danger zone, it should be retired. Update the rental agreement to include all of this ASAP, and maybe even include a skilled drone operator just in case. Make extra sure that damn circus knows about it. At this rate, they're pitting these things up against each other, and evolution is inevitable. And then um, the next thing is an external report, 01, which is pretty much talking about the um, the circus. Uh, it's the, the poster from the circus. Yeah. It's, it says is... Battle Royale right across the top of it. <laughs> yeah, it's super great. Um, it's like a, it's, I don't, I'm not sure if that is a demon. Yeah, I don't know. It's, um, the organization is Herman's Fuller Circle Circus of the um of the disquieting acquired june 2nd 2018 and method of acquisition provided upon request by client um and it's, it's just like a big circus poster it's just a big pers- poster that says like summoned by seemingly run-of-the-mill <laughs> children's toys and gifted life in titanic size by the whimsy and bloodlust in us all our battle royale puts only the most fearsome and spectacular of fidget winners against each other round after round after round of no holds barred brutal annihilation until only one champion remains come on down to see the greatest fight of your life and it's on kind of a burned poster, which is, hmm. I think that uh, that just may be like an aesthetic thing. It might to make be. it look dated. I don't know. Well, we'll keep reading. Um, the next thing that they have is uh, incident report one. Um, the author is Victor Chan, and the date is June 9th, twenty eighteen. So that's actually a week after the, or yeah, the week after the um the circus poster was acquired. Mm-hmm. Um. After the circus of the disquieting had been hosted, fidget spinner, uh, fidget winner fights for over two months without any any incidents. Mister Marshall insisted on seeing a fight in person. I, along with his usual retinue of guards and attendants, escorted Mister Amos Marshall as well as Mister Skitter Marshall to the circus of the disquieting show at Oyster Mouth Castle in Wales on June eighth of this year. Well, before this date, I personally saw to it that the circus received the updated leasing agreement and checked multiple times to make sure they had been adhering to it. Before the fight, I also checked the stats on each of the fidget winners to make sure that they were all at acceptably low XP. Nonetheless, it just wasn't my night. 
The first few rounds proceeded as normal with both the elder and younger marshal enjoying the spectacle immensely. In the penultimate round, however, the fidget winner known as the Luminescent Lamea achieved an unprecedented combat multiplier and was hence awarded with enough XP to evolve. She transformed from a half-woman, half-snake with glowing hair to a fire-breathing, half-humanoid snake at least 50% taller. More relevantly, she did not deactivate as fidget winners typically do upon victory. Instead, the disembodied announcer that accompanies these things demanded a death match against all the other fidget winners present. Before I could even suggest that we withdraw, the entire crowd, including Mr. Marshall, if I may be so forward, cheered in agreement, and the death match commenced. Almost immediately, the evolved Lamia knocked the other fidget winner fighters into the crowd, causing mass pandemonium. To the circus's credit, they did have a drone operator present who attempted to take out the Lamia's spinner, but the Lamia had become sufficiently tangible to swap the drone down. At that point, the tent was quickly evacuated, but the active winners were dispersed as well and began wreaking havoc throughout the circus. Mr. Marshall's security detail responded admirably, rapidly removing him from the scenario without wasting any time on also trying to rescue the accompanying sales representative. I, for, I survived, obviously. I'm not sure how much detail you'd like me to go into here, but numerous members of the circus were successful in knocking down the rogue fidget winners. I personally had no idea Lolly had such accuracy with throwing knives, with the exception of the Lamia winner, which is currently detained in the fun house with the fun lovers. I have requested that the circus update me on that situation as it develops. <clears throat> And the last one is yeah, from a most marshal to Victor Chan. Sorry about that, kid. But these fidget winner fights were your idea. As for the show itself, I nearly died and lost every damn bet I made, but that was the best damn freak fight I've ever seen. 9 out of 10, would see again. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. So that that's, I guess, that's just an example of them, like, you know, that, that was one of the ways that they sold them, and, like, just kind of, like, updates on... on what happened to them um the next one we have um are called lego mini thinkers the idea is uh 8y9d5 slash 2x4h7 slash s89m2 you want to go ahead and read some of this sure the status is they are selling the demand is low value is 100 us dollars slash 74.80 gbp per item the availability is from an established supply chain. The identifier is Lego Mini Thinkers. And the description is humanoid miniature plastic figurines created in the style of those produced by Lego A/S. Individual items vary in appearance and are modular in construction. Items are sentient and capable of independent motion. They can move. So they're they're like they're kind of like live Legos, I guess. Like Legos that I actually Hey, Lego like... Movie 2 is coming out soon. I thought it already came out. Did it? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it did. I, I follow Chris Brad on Instagram. I'm pretty sure he was like, oh, here we go. He's looking it up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it came out. Oh, yeah, there's some Thursday. Hmm. Okay. Um, Thursday. Release date is the 8th, so it's not out yet. Ah, uh, okay. There's still some on Thursday, though, which is the 7th. Well, that's, that, that's probably, they're probably like the midnight ones. Oh, oh okay. That's kind of weird. You okay there? All right, well. <laughs> okay um the right. first one that they have <laughs> yeah off of that note um the first one that they have is the initial report uh, the author is theodore nordskov the interest is low the date is february 8th 1979 the identifier is lego mini thinkers items were discovered at the after the sub rosa corporate takeover which was managed under orders from mr carter upon review of the company's inventory the items and their properties were discovered 
Previously, LEGO A slash S has been automatically neutralizing the items via placement in large tubs of water for one hour and selling the unremarkable variant. Practice continues due to inexpensive bulk supply and the supplier's insistence on only providing the current version of the items. Yeah, and then there's some tracking information. Owner Gottfried Kirks Christiansen, which I believe is the guy who like owns, who made Lego or something. I don't know. Okay. Date February 6th, 1979. Initial discovery. Uh, Dr. Wondertainment. February 17th, 1979. Shipment of 10,000 items was received from an associate of Dr. Wondertainment. Marshall Carter and Dark LTD. November 8th, 1979. Item placed for sale in preparation for the Christmas spike. Angelina Barr, December 19th, 1979, 200 items purchased. Same person, May 5th, 1980, attempted to return 198 items for monetary compensation. <laughs> Request denied. There's some inventory items. Mm-hmm. Which is Marshall Carter and Dark owned 75,532, 26 crates, which were available from supplier on demand. The foundation owns 52. <laughs> Stored as an anomalous item. Dr. Wondertainment has not this applicable not amount, applicable. Yeah. and they're the supplier. Customers, around 15,000 of them are out there, commonly purchased for use as children's toys. And then others, unknown, an unknown quantity of unremarkable variants entered circulation prior to Marshall Carter and Dark involvement. So it with the customer, this is items commonly purchased for use as children's toys. Do you, so do you think they're trying to say that like all Legos are just the Lego mini-thinkers, or, or just like... Some of that, like, one out of every, like, I don't know, like, ten are one of these things. It was, I think it was that they all were, but then if you soaked them in water for an hour, they stopped being that. So if you drowned them, and then that's what was being sold as Lego, and then I guess they made them differently once they uh, were acquired okay. by Marshall Carter and Dark. Uh-huh. Okay. That's kind of cool. Then there's some external reports, and you can probably do the memos and reports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the external report, the first one, the organization was Wondertainment Incorporated. It was acquired February 17, 1979. The method of acquisition was the initial Dr. Wondertainment shipment. Document, uh, Dr. Wondertainment's significant minifigures, which, and that was trademarked. Hey there, new guys. I heard about the change in management and wanted you wonderful Wondertainers to know all about Dr. Wondertainment's significant minifigures, trademark. They build. They play. They write bedtime stories. Just plop them down in front of a kid full of childish energy and watch the magic happen. And don't worry about playtime getting stale. Dr. Wondertainment's significant minifigures, trademark, do something new every day. Wow. That's underlined. Um, <laughs> the first memo was sender, Anthony Young, recipient, uh, Theodore, not Theodore, Theodore Nutskov, concerning the attempted return of the items by Angelina Barr. While her request was denied, I fear that we may have lost one of our more reliable customers. Specifically, she expressed concerns over the actions of the items as time progressed. According to her written complaint, she's upset about the item participating in <laughs> miniature lynch mobs and general barbarism. I don't think she'll be buying anything else in the foreseeable future. Not until this is resolved, at least. And then memo two. Uh, the sender is, once again, Theodore... Oh, the sender is... Now is Theodore Nordskov, and the recipient is Anthony Young. Um, and this one is linked. The first one wasn't. Yeah, um, it's to a tale that's hey, this guy killed himself, but then was still alive or something, but oh. as a ghost or something like that. It was weird. Okay, um, so I guess this came after. This just came later. Then um, send her the altered blurb as well as the document, and put this exchange in the main file so I won't get more of these memos. Attachment one: Doctor Wondertainment's significant minifigures. Trademark. Hey there, I wanted you all wonderful Wondertainers to know all about. It's just 
the exact same thing actually. Except at the end, it says that instead of does something, new, something every day, new, it says it yeah, they know exactly what your kid, what your wants, kid to wants to do. Wow. And then attachment two is identification of mental illness and homicidal tendencies in young children. Prometheus Labs Psychological Division, twenty sixth of July, nineteen seventy nine. Hey. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. Um, yeah, and so maybe that is why he killed himself, or why it linked to that guy. Maybe I guess. You know, they killed him because of suicidal tendencies or whatever. I don't know. Uh, either way, I, I think it's yeah, funny. I don't know if, if that like, tale's actually related or anything. Might have just because it was the same character. Yeah, I think it's funny that it, they went from something new every day to you know, it's exactly what your kid wants to do. And this lady is complaining because her kids' toys are forming lynch mobs. Oh boy, uh, mm-hmm. she might want to get her parenting in check. Um, but whatever, man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, actually, the, I think I think it's that they're lying to her about that the minifigures just do what your kid wants. Mm-hmm. So they're being like, "Oh, your kid's oh, homicidal." Oh, yeah, they're they're probably trying to like make it seem so that, like her kids are the problem, and not them. Mm-hmm. Well, Business. either way, it's still funny. Capitalism. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw. You know, you know how, like Champion's been getting really big again recently. What the clothing brand? Cha- the clothing brand Champion. I don't know clothes. Oh, okay. Well, I think to everyone else listening to this, um, if you've heard of the brand, um, there's like the one logo, it's got the C and everything. Um, I was watching an interview on No Jumper today, and this guy was wearing a shirt that had like the Champion C logo, except instead of it saying Champion, it said Capitalism, which I, I thought was funny. Mm. Um, it's nothing to do with this, um, and Soren didn't get it at all, but whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is fine. This is okay. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the we're gonna read a couple SCPs now. Um, yeah, let's do the one SCP. Also relates. We have two. Yeah, we have two. Let's do the one, and then we'll do. Yeah, let's do the one. Which one is the one though? The first one, the six. Six, one. seven, eight. Okay. Yes. Um, I can read this one because I think I think I actually picked them both out, but yes, whatever. you did. Um. So this one is SCP-678, sorry, 678. The item number is SCP-678. The object class is safe. Special containment procedures, SCP-678 is to be contained. In, uh, actually, before this starts, I'm going to be honest. Um, I only picked this one because I read this and was reminded by the, the song that Fetty Wap did, only now to realize that it was 679. Um, I, I don't know, man. Good job. Um, yep. Uh, so special containment procedures... Um, SCP-678 is to be contained in a secure lockbox on-site in a container rated for security against at least 7... 72? It says level. Where did I get that from? Okay. (laughs) 72. (laughs) 70 is a word, 2 is a number. That's what he thought it said. I don't... I don't know... It says level 2. I I genuinely have no idea what was going through my head when I read that. Anyways, once you're the one messing up the words. Yeah, I, that wasn't even like like remotely related either. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, anyways, on site and container rated for security against at least level two, not seventy two, against level two. I almost did it again too, which is kind of sad. Uh, attempted containment breaches. Guards posted to guard SCP-678 should not be aware of what they are guarding, as recovery attempts are at risk. Uh, Six seven eight poses no. Re- recognized threat of escape at this time but if the container is ruptured or 678 removed for any reason no personnel are to, are to make unshielded contact with 
SCP-678. And then to the right, it's um, it's picture of 678, and it's like a it's a statue of a like baby angel that's kind of just like crouching. Um, it's like hugging its knees. Uh, the description. Um, which, you know, again, uh, SCP-678 is a small statuette of a sleeping angel that displays no unusual characteristics under visual inspection. Upon unshielded physical contact with 678, however, 678 excises highly traumatic events from the subject's memory immediately, leaving a blank period in the subject's recollections of the past. This function is currently being evaluated for use as a new grade of amnestic, but the further effects of 678 render it unsuitable for use at this time. The process of memory removal utilized by 678 is damaged, damaging to the subject. However, and in the week following contact with 678, the subject's mind continues to erode. This erosion does not stop, but reaches a critical point at any time from 6 to 9 days after initial contact when the autonomous capabilities of the brain to regulate heart rate, breathing, and other homeostatic effects is eradicated. At this point, the subject usually typ or typically dies of asphyxiation. Autopsy reveals no physical damage to the brain, and the method utilized by 678 is currently unknown. I, I want to point out that this is, is classified as safe. Um, yeah, the, the classification is basically based on whether it'll do things if you leave it in a box, not <laughs> yeah. what it could do if out of the box. Yeah, true, but still. Um, after an event such as this, 678 alters shape, the statue is shifting to a standing position with its eyes open and teeth clenched. The next unshielded contact with 678 will cause the transference of the memories initially erased to the subject currently touching 678, and 678 will revert to its standard form. Subjects interviewed during the decay process describe themselves as fearful, but cannot identify the source of the fear. As their personal sense of identity disintegrates, they continue to voice a nameless terror as long as they retain the capability of speech, which is gone by the second to third day. Those informed of their impending death seem unconcerned by, by it, if they understand it all, instead continuing to complain of a problem that they can't figure out. Staff psychologists expect, suspect this communication issue is due to both the subject's loss of mental faculties, um, combined with an inability to easily express the ongoing nature of the damage to the subject. After the subject's capability of speech is gone, they typically retreat to a corner when permitted to do so, clawing at their head intermittently for approximately a day before lapsing into a coma until their death. SCP-678 was taken from a Mr. Two words that are blanked out upon his apprehension by Foundation personnel. Blank was a traveling chaplain who was visiting Veterans Administration hospitals across the eastern United States and offering counseling to anyone willing to speak to him. During these counseling sessions, he would encourage the subject in any of a variety of ways to come into contact with 678, an item which he only handled with a pair of gloves he wore specifically for this purpose. Blank would wrap up his counseling sessions shortly afterwards and leave the hospital. Interrogation reports indicate that Blank, a citizen of Belgium and suspected patron of Marshall Carter and Dark LTD, appears to have been using the device to harvest these experiences for personal amusement. Blank has been remanded to the Psychological Ward 14 for evaluation. His termination pending background check and sorry, his termination pending background check and review of possible value to the foundation's bargaining tool. Note, nix the value check, move Mr. Blank termination date up. He's a nasty piece of work, and I don't trust anyone to not try and work around any proof. I don't know why I'm reading so slow. Um, and he doesn't, and I don't trust anyone to not try and work around any pre-release amnestics we give him. Better to just shut him up for good. 05-blank. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Guy so that's being traumatic experiences. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I, I guess he was just going around and like, he's like, I does this technically make him a serial killer? Since like it, I guess it does kill him at the end. I got yeah. 
It's because, I mean, serial killers, side note, I watched Silence of the Lambs today, which was kind of cool, mm. um, and it was about, like, Hannibal Lecter and this dude that, like, killed people and then, like, skinned them. His name was Buffalo Bill, which is cool. And they all, like, serial killers tend to have, like, different, like, calling cards that they have. So I guess maybe this this was this guy's. He has, like, an angel that's just, like, y- you know, um, the, the memes of, like, mom said it's my turn on the Xbox, and then it's the picture of the bear with, like, the really big big body and a really small head i guess oh that's yes. what i yes, that's I what i am that's what i imagine the angel doing <laughs> like after because it said it, like it'll stand up and like have its teeth burn. that's that's what i imagine just imagine like. the baby angel statue but extremely buff <laughs> mom said it's my turn on the xbox <laughs> just like three inches tall but very very strong mm-hmm. big big boy it's mid-roll jesus Time. christ hello hi <laughs> hey that's how i'm doing this uh-huh okay. this is the center of the episode you're like halfway done congrats um you guys for it. dealing with our bullshit for like 30 <laughs> fucking minutes yeah but okay. thanks thanks for listening we appreciate it uh-huh. don't stop please <laughs> really nice. mm-hmm. yeah um go ahead and, and, and be free to share the show if you like yeah, tell, tell, pe- tell, tell more people to listen Mm-hmm. because you know we we need that for our egos i need it at least um <laughs> we're gonna do the usual thing of mentioning a couple things we have a patreon we definitely don't talk about it enough definitely um yeah uh, no definitely not once an episode is not enough mm-hmm. um nobody's on it yet <laughs> if we talked about it more maybe people would do it we're gonna do it at the beginning the middle and the epi- end of the episode and, and also add in like subliminal messages of just where like every 10 seconds one of us whispers patreon um <laughs> it, speaking of patreon <laughs> it's yeah it's sc podcast uh we have two tiers at the moment one is a one dollar sh- uh tier in which you get a shout out uh during these during um, the next mid-roll yes mm-hmm. and don't skip the mid-rolls <laughs> the other one is a five dollar tier it's um a to get exclusive access to a discord channel um as well as uh cut content which soren may get on eventually yeah i don't I, know my life has been busy man no you're good i'll be I, i'm just it'll saying. happen it will probably within the next month mm-hmm. i don't know when things are mm. i just know that they make my life busy yes so i'll um, find that out <laughs> uh-huh. maybe eventually too uh, speaking of the Discord, uh, you can find the link to that uh, at our Twitter, which is uh, twitter.com slash show or just at show. Um, the link to that is in our in, a, in our bio, so if you want to check that out, as well as just a bunch of the other places that you can find us. So if you don't want to use whatever you're listening to us on, you can use another thing. Um, yeah, that's our pinned tweet right now, I believe. Yes, and should hopefully be for a while. Um, yeah, unless we had like a promo that you could link people to, that would probably, yeah. who knows. Mm-hmm. Then um, there's, uh, for, if you want to sponsor us consistently as a company to do ads for you, mm-hmm. promote uh, like another podcast or a product or something like that, or your website or your art or anything mm-hmm. else, or just send a message to a friend, tell them that you're cool, <laughs> or a D&D group, or an online friend, or a relative, I guess, <laughs> then you... <laughs> Then email us at scpodcastofficial at gmail.com. And then thank you to Kevin MacLeod for providing our music under the title Twisting. 
Mm -hmm. We're going to get you back to the episode now. We're going to talk about a couple things. We're going to talk about SCP-576, a tale called Nikki D's, uh, in which I reference, I, I may or may not reference the vine that, that was, uh, and Person of Interest, which is Mr. Dark, and then maybe a tale uh, called The Pound of Flesh, a piece of meat. Depends we'll on how much time out. we have. Um, but yeah, so we'll see you back in the episode, guys. Yep, bye. We're back. Mm-hmm. Hi. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> this is going well. Okay, SCP-576, which is titled... Okay, I forgot to right? do that. Titled Sleep Well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Item number SCP-576. It is class safe. There is a picture of a bottle with a clear liquid and some kind of glass design on it and a very, very big cork. Yes. Yeah. All right. It's containment procedures. It is to be kept in a digital combination locker at Site-19. The passcode to this locker is to be rotated twice each month. Level 3 authorization is required prior to any testing involving 576. Under no circumstances is access to 576 to be granted outside of testing protocol. In the description... 576 is a rounded glass bottle with a cork stopper measuring approximately 6 centimeters in diameter at base and 8 centimeters in height. SCP-576 is etched with a simple design, two crisscross stems with leaves and flowers, and possesses no maker's marks. It is filled with a clear liquid designated 576-1. Lab analysis has revealed the chemical components of dash 1 to be identical to that of a point of a 0.0100m fructose and water solution. It is theorized that Dash 1 only retains its effects while within 576, as samples consumed from a vessel other than 576 result in no anomalous effects. It has been observed that 576 appears to be capable of refilling itself, albeit slowly. The replenishing rate is estimated at approximately 2 milliliters per week. That's a... Ooh. The process by which 576 refills itself is unknown. Consumption of Dash 1 results in no immediate effects. However, when an individual sleeps after consuming Dash 1, they will experience vivid dreams. Oh boy, I want this. I don't dream often enough. Dreams I, I do. I, I dream way too often. Of I dream way too often. It's usually about, like, creepy shit that I do. Like, I, I, no, you don't want to know my dreams, dude. They're weird. I don't like them. My dreams are weird too, but they don't happen often enough. I want more. Okay. Dreams caused by Dash 1 are reported to be based on memories significant to the individual. Individuals used in 576 testing report a correlation between the quantity of fluid consumed and relative realism of the resulting dreams. Chug it. Okay. When, <laughs> <laughs> when an individual enters a Dash 1 affected sleep, they will pass through the natural stages of sleep, stages 1, 2, 3, and 4, and remain in a peaceful, constant state of REM sleep for a period lasting from 8 to 20 hours. Attempts to awaken individuals in the state before this they awake on their own have proven unsuccessful. Ooh. The undisturbed sleep by Dash 1 is consistent between all subjects regardless of any pre-existing or history of sleep disorders. Addendum Dash 1. It was originally recovered from the mansion of a Mr. Blacked Out who was discovered dead by his household's maid. Hospital records indicate that Mr. Black had Mr. Black, Mr. Redacted has been <laughs> I didn't. That, I was like, I was like, Mr. Black, Mr. Black Box, Mr. Spoiler Tag. I don't know what to do. So, like, Mr. Redacted works best. Had been suffering from stress and malnutrition, which were attributed to overwork and financial strain. Prior to his death, five seven six was found on Mr. Redacted's bedside table next to a photo album, which was determined to possess no anomalous properties. Five seven six was noted to be a little less than one quarter full at time of discovery. 
Dash 2, based on testing, a tentative correlation between dosage and length of time spent in sleep has been established. Individual cases that are exceptions are currently being investigated. Now there's some testing logs which we can alternate with. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do the first one or do you want me to do it? Ah, uh, you should do it because I've done a lot of the documents. Okay. Uh, excerpt. Yeah. <laughs> excerpt from testing log SCP-576-5193- Redacted. Subject is D-63120, 30-year-old male. Dosage is one sip, approximately 5.1 milliliters. Length of sleep, 8 hours. Subject comments, I remembered all the stuff I did when I was little. I got to relive making and flying paper airplanes, building a treehouse all by myself, taking naps in the meadow behind my house. I've forgotten all those things I used to have the time to do. Subject, D-5683, 25-year-old female. Two sips, approximately 12.3 milliliters. Length of sleep, 13 hours. I dreamed of my dog before I started my second job. I dreamed of when we would spend time together walking through the park, just walking. Sometimes I'd just sit and watch her chase birds. I never noticed the time passing. I remember that on bad days. We would play catch and I'd feel better. I miss her. Subject D-3473, 40-year-old male. Dosage, one sip, approximately 4.9 milliliters. Length of sleep, 20 hours. She was still smiling. We were still laughing. It was that rainy day when I brought her flowers. We were still together. She was still alive. That's kind of sad. Um, mm-hmm. Subject, D-3473, 40-year-old male. Second trial, says so the same guy. Dosage, two sips, approximately 11.5 milliliters. Length of sleep, 27 hours. I saw the first day we met. I lived through the first time I spoke with her. I lived through the first time she smiled at me. I lived through everything again. It was wonderful. And then this is the same guy. Uh, D-3473, 40-year-old male. Third trial, dosage, one sip, approximately six milliliters length of sleep 36 hours i remember so many things the day earlier in my jacket the day we went to that outdoor concert i don't want to let any of that go any of the time we spent together i want to keep remembering i want to go back i want to stay there and that's the end of testing Mm -hmm. okay addendum dash three as of redacted date in the 21st century two documents have been recovered from the records of mr redacted investigation of the documents is currently underway excerpt from the document 576-redacted-5, believed to be the diary of the late Mr. Redacted. These are all, the all blacked out this. dates, yeah. except they're before 2010 and after 2000. Or they could mm-hmm. be just 2000. I took another small dose. It couldn't hurt. With everything that's happened lately, I can't fall asleep otherwise. I'll take care of everything important later, when I'm better rested. So many numbers and dates that need to be set in order. It's just too much. Too much. Second entry. It's not just one specific time that I wish you could return to. It's not just one thing, it's everything. It's all those scattered memories and little wonders that I want to experience again. When I dream, I remember in perfect clarity the days I could take the time to feel the sun on my face, the days I didn't have to worry about more, much more than being back home in time for dinner. Third entry. Things could be worse, but they could still be much, much better. These are the thoughts that keep me awake at night. More than anything, I'm scared. Scared of what'll be in the future, and scared of what won't be. I know one thing. I don't regret all these memories. I don't regret returning to them. These were the best times of my life. I couldn't possibly give them up. Fourth entry. I found those photographs from so long ago. The day I found the bird's nest in the woods. The day I saw snow for the first time. The day I skipped school to explore the lakes and found that miniature waterfall. Five. I can't face it all now. When I sleep, nothing can hurt me. I'm safe when I remember the better times, the happier times. When I dream, I remember everything. Nothing can take that away from me. Six. Everything can just wait until I wake up again. So it's just literally, it's just a drug. That's he's what just, it becomes. It's just, just he's just being drugged, but it's anomalous drugs. Yeah, it, it, they've 
they're like a, it's just a like an addictive opiate. Yeah, and but then they the have, last document with your dreams is yeah. the six found within the diary. Item number redacted, batch redacted, order number redacted of redacted. Take some time to clear your mind. Bring back what's been left behind. One sip and your woes are free. One good night's sleep guaranteed. Thank you for your patronage. Sweet dreams. Signed, Marshall, Carter, and Dark Limited. LTD. I assume that means limited. I think it means limited. I don't I'm know. I'm pretty sure certain. it does. Um, but yeah, so this is just an, another example of one of those products that they, they have on this. So. Yeah, they sold it to the guy. Mm-hmm. Who? I, I guess technically went insane. He malnourishment died. Yeah. And he died from stress and malnourishment. So... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He'd been struck. He'd been. Uh, boo, boo. No, it doesn't say what he mm. actually died of. It just said that that was the thing. All right. Well, that was sad. Yeah, it was kind of mm. happy in the beginning, and then it was just not. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not. Um, and we're gonna read a, a tale or two here. Yeah, um, I'm gonna start with the person of interest. Okay. This is kind of relevant, and there's probably people who will just like stop near the end of it because it's near the end. Hopefully, you don't. Listen to all of it, please. <laughs> Person of interest, Mr. Dark. Person of interest file uh, slash D-0012. Name, Mr. Dark. Known aliases. Dark is reported to use many different first names, but apparently never attempts to completely conceal his identity. His last name will always be Dark. Mm-hmm. Description. Reports vary. Usually stated to be a Caucasian male, apparently in his mid-60s, approximately 168 centimeters, 5 foot 6, 80 kilograms, 180 pounds gray hair date of birth if known no documented information is available and the reason for interest is reported to be the senior partner of group of interest marshall carter and dark and to be their primary source of anomalous items rules of engagement sightings and other noted activity is to be reported via protocol 12 if you are not cleared for protocol 12 report any information to your direct supervisor superior and take no further action biography Foundation personnel should be aware that unlike most persons of interest, the nature and even the existence of a Mr. Dark are in dispute. Reports of a Mr. Dark, generally as a creator slash purveyor of anomalous items, have existed for over 500 years. See notes from the Royal Society for the Investigation of the Paranormal for reports prior to 1918. However, no confirmed evidence that such a person exists as a unique individual is available. The following theories are given relatively equal credit credence. Dark is a unique individual who has presumably used anomalous means to extend his life. Dark is a long-lived, non-human entity of undetermined nature. Dark refers to a family long involved with anomalies. Most reports are, in fact, of activities of various descendants of an original Mr. Dark. Dark is not a family name at all, but a title div- given to various unrelated peoples. Dark is a pseudonym used by over many years by different individuals. Or Dark is a fictitious individual to whom others attribute otherwise unexplained anomalous items and activities. Personnel familiar with a report on SCP-1716, which I am clicking to, it's a person who might be Mr. Dark sitting in a thing next to a machine that does things. That extends life, possibly. Mm-hmm. But which, that, is, which would be the anomalous thing. Yeah, but it extends it at a rate of whoever the donor... It, it, gives, it transfers life from someone to others, but whoever is oh, okay. giving gives 10 years for every one year the other person gets. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Personnel familiar with the report on that, which contains first-hand accounts of an anomalous item created under the direction of a Mr. Dark, should be aware that this is not independent evidence. 
All we know for certain is that some individual called himself Mr. Dark while engaging in certain anomalous activities. Then there's a page break, which says that the following document is an excerpt from lives of the famous alchemists obtained from contact with alleged access to the Great Library of the Ways. That's the Wanderer's Library, in mm. case you didn't notice, realize. No independent confirmation has been found that this book is accurate or even exists. Although it may not may appear to be a detailed reference, we consider it a curiosity and give it little credence. Researcher Redacted has annotated a number of doubtful statements. Guillaume d'Arc. D'Arc. Guillaume d'Arc, yeah. Oh. I don't words <laughs> in English. How can you expect me to do it in other languages? <laughs> Uh, yeah, born like 1403, 2. Hasn't died yet. A.K. William Dark, Benjamin Phineas Dark, Johan Dark, Be- Johan Dark, best known as the collector, dealer, auctioneer of the rare and curious, has made significant contributions to the science of alchemy, most notably in the field of life extension. Guillaume d'Arc, or Dark, with a C, was born in C. 1403 in the village of Domreve. Lorian, the illegitimate eldest son, footnote, no historical evidence of such a person exists, of Jacques de Arc and an unknown mother, an unusually intelligent child. Guillaume was set to be educated, I'm saying this word differently every time, was set to be educated <laughs> for the priesthood but failed to complete his studies due to ill-suited character. Little else is recorded of his life until, ni- until 1429 when he is known to have been present at the siege of Orleans with his half-sister, Jeanne. Although not known to have made any significant military contributions, his family connections allowed him to make acquaintance of one of the marshals of France, Gilles de Reyes. I'm butchering these names, and I apologize. <laughs> With whom he had discovered he had a shared interest in alchemy. A series of experiments took place, ending suddenly when de Arc fled the area and reappeared in London. It is unclear whether de Arc had just become aware of the murders for which de Reyes is now best known and disapproved, or if he was a collaborator who thought it was best to escape before their activities became public knowledge. In any event, de Arc was safely away when de Rye was captured and executed in 1440. Footnote, extensive records of the de Rye trial exists with no mention of de Arc. Angelicizing his name to William Dark, easier to pronounce, he soon set up a shop in London as a dealer in unusual objects, a euphemism for alchem- alchemical and magical supplies. Apparently an alchemist of some skill, a, a document exists proclaiming him consulting alchemists to the royal family. In 1455, there is a footnote that says there is no evidence that this position ever existed. However, his pursuit of a method of life extension met with little success until the late 1460s, when he met a fellow experimenter known only as Beatrice, who he claimed to be who claimed to be over 200 years old. SCP-545-A claims to never have heard of a Mr. Dark nor do I have shared 545-C to anyone. I'm going to quickly look up SCP-545. This is a person, an elderly woman. <laughs> a is an elderly woman, claimed to be over 800 years old, who's simply called Beatrice. Pathological fear of death. Uh, B is a colorless, odorless liquid extracted from the body via 5C and bottled. It is often dubbed liquid life. And then there's a thing of par- parchment that can, that does the thing. That does the thing. That extracts life from people as a liquid that you can drink and get older. 
That's a quick summary. That's a quick summary from someone who's never read that skit before. <laughs> At least it's been a while. While it is not known precisely what he obtained, it is clear that he found some method to stop or nearly stop aging. Despite the obvious value of such a method, for unknown reasons, Dark has always declined to share it. Data expunged. Ooh, spooky. Data expunging. Dark consistently <laughs> maintained his business in London, taking on a number of different first names and apparently passing the firm on to a descendant when his lack of aging might attract unwanted attention. Eventually, Dark was determined to keep a lower public profile and in 1871 founded a private club, Marshall Carter Dark, and redacted with three partners. That's interesting. A fourth one. The intention was for Marshall and Carter to be the public faces of the club, interacting with members, while Dark and Redacted researched and procured unusual items and experiences for club members. Dark soon had a falling out with Redacted, and the club was known as Marshall, Carter, and Dark as of 1876. Okay, that's Seldom seen, rumors that Dark was deceased began to circulate, and no effort was made to discourage them. What? Hmm. Did you say something? No, I didn't. Oh. At some unknown point prior to 1900, Dark gained access to the extra-dimensional space known as the Ways and became a regular visitor to the Great Library, Wanderer's Library, yet again. Although generally disliked by other patrons, the serpent's hand, Dark had always been careful to follow the rules of the library and has never been refused access. Rumors of the Asuma influence with the head librarian has never been confirmed or disproven. Desiring to spend more time in the Ways, Dark gained ownership of the former Redacted, Redacted, Redacted and converted it to what is generally known as Dark's Museum, to the few who are aware of it. Although accessible through the ways, the museum has been rendered private through the addition of both mundane and anomalous security members. A visitor claims to have seen an extensive collection of unusual items, as well as research facilities for the creation and study of new, and newly discovered, artifacts. Marshall, Carter, and Dark primarily exist as a means to dispose of items that Dark does not wish to keep for his private collection. Little is known of Dark's recent research, although an extensive visit to New York City is documented in 1942, apparently for the purpose of developing a technological, as opposed to alchemical, means of life extension. Dark is presumed to primarily reside in the ways and is seldom seen elsewhere. Most recently, he is rumored to have been at least directly in, indirectly involved in a major 2012 assault on Site-19, a secret facility maintained by the SCP Foundation, with the intent on, of gaining control of one or more anomalous items or individuals. Now... Here, there is an out-of-character note. This is not a model person of interest file. This is not site-wide canon. It is part of a project, which is a canon project. This is not canon. Again, canon's up to the reader, so it's canon if you want to. But don't take things as fact, especially not this. Mm -hmm. Like, specifically this. Yeah, specifically this. This is part of a specific canon. Mm -hmm. but which it's still isn't even a full thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now you want you you picked out Mickey D's, which I believe is going to end up being the last one. Yeah. Um. So real quick, I I just want to mention I I tried to show it to Soren before we we started the episode, but I, I guess he didn't know what it was, so I just show it to him. I did. Um, I did know what it was. You after did, but I you didn't recognize it, it. after uh, I saw it. The I picked this one because I saw I saw the title and I was like, oh, <laughs> McDonald's. And then like the first thing that came to mind was that one vine of the guy right like on those old dating shows where they would like send in like the video submissions of like why they should like date them and everything. And this guy this is black guy, he just like is really excited about it and goes, "Other guys will just feed you lines, but I'll take you to Mickey D's." But like the video is like content aware. His face getting like 
uh, all distorted and shit. It's just it's 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 amazing because yeah, he makes his face afterwards where he's just like smiling, and it, it I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyways, after that uh long weird explanation, this is um the tale Mickey D's, and I think I'm gonna read this one. Iris Carter hollered from the hallway outside. Iris sighed slightly at the sound of the senior partner's petulant tone. Iris Dark and Ruprecht Carter had never much cared for one another, but as they were both born members and key shareholders of Marshall Carter and Dark, they were obliged to meet from time to time. Iris had yet to seek out Carter for anything outside of official meetings, and the only time Carter ever sought her out in person was when he thought it was a matter of utmost importance. And so this is kind of another example of uh, the, the, canon, the canonicity, I guess, of the one that we just read, because that one was a guy. This one, she's a girl. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, it was never anything important. I'm in my office, Ruprecht, Iris replied. Her office door swung open, and Ruprecht Carter marched in like he was re- reporting to a general after a catastrophic enemy attack. Look at this, he said, dumping a bag of paper cups, napkins, leaflets, and fast food containers out in front of her. Why are you pouring garbage onto my desk, Ruprecht? Read it! Iris rolled her eyes and picked up a leaflet at random. Now you can order ahead of time with mobile ordering. Download the My McD's app. There, right there. You see it? What? These are from Canada. I picked them up while I was in Toronto and... What were you doing at McDonald's? Carter hesitated for a moment. That's not important, he said dismissively. I'm afraid I have to disagree. You're the most elitist prick I've ever met. You eat hot cuisine exclusively, drink only black ivory coffee because everything else is shit. I was aware of the irony of that statement when I made it, Iris. And literally the only bad thing I've ever heard you say about Trump was bashing his fast food habit. Two Big Macs, two filet fishes, and a chocolate shake is not a meal fit for a king. Wait, hold on. Okay, I'll be right back. You're going to hear me go mute real quick. I'm going to fact check that. And see what, that, that he Trump actually eats that. <laughs> okay. So I ask again, what were you doing there? I I was with a whore, and she insisted on getting something to eat first, and I didn't want Penny to know, so I couldn't take her anywhere. I might be recognized, so I went to McDonald's. I had pearl food, I admit it. Are you happy? Very, Iris smiled. And what did Ruprecht Carter, the paragon of high society, order off the value menu? Oh. Did you get a Happy Meal? Did they give you a toy with it? What? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Donald Trump uh-huh. would order two Big Macs, two filet fishes and a chocolate milkshake. Then, well, he never ate the bread, which is the important part. <laughs> He would never get fries and would never eat the bun. Okay. This is what an interesting thing about him. Hey, the man's got preferences. But why not the bun? Maybe he's got a thing against bread. It's... I mean, look at look at what all those carbs did to him to begin with. Like, like we're not going to get political. Like, I don't care about discussing this guy, especially not on this yeah. show. But I can bash his food habits. <laughs> why not the bread, sir? Okay. Sir... Why not the bun? Why do you hate bun? Why not the bun? <laughs> bun good. Bun bun very good. Why no bun? Um, anyways. <laughs> um, I had an Agnes burger with a Caesar side salad and a cappuccino, but that's not the point, Iris. Look at this! McDonald's in Canada is branding itself as McD. Iris glared at him with a mixture of contempt and confusion. MC- MCD. MCD. Sorry. Just Ruprecht. to clarify. Yeah. Ruprecht, I'm, I'm busy. You're playing on con- your computer. I'm writing code, which is probably the most productive part of my job. You're distracting me with literal rubbish. This is a problem, Iris. Our clientele associated the letters Mick 
MC and D with ostentatious wealth, and we cannot have that association besmirched by a fast food franchise printing these letters over its grease-stained cardboard takeout boxes. Ira sighed, small part of her conceding that his concerns might not be completely inane, and picked up a paper cup to examine it. The McDonald's in Canada, you said. At least. I've been trying to get the market research team to look into it if they're doing this anywhere else, but they haven't got back to me yet. I can't imagine why, she remembered. Well, it's clearly meant to be read as McD, which I did. It doesn't matter, it's still MCD. You know what McDonald's nice symbol is? MCD. Those are our letters, dammit! We'll already call us Mickey D sometimes. You know that? I've heard that before, yes. There's already an association in the eyes of the customers between us and McDonald's. Their latest branding is blatantly reinforcing that association. Our brand must remain unsold. Uh, that being said, this is clearly a branding issue, and I'm chief of paratech development and acquisition. This is not my department. You're Dark's proxy, and I need the support of another senior partner for this to move forward. Meaning Marshall doesn't support this? He did not consider it a pre-pressing issue, no. Alright, Ruprecht. For the sake of an argument, let's assume that McDonald's branding itself as McD is tarnishing our brand, and this is impacting our bottom line. What would you have us do about it? They're known almost universally, whereas we take it as a point of pride that the 99% have never even heard of us. I doubt there's any legal action we could take. So did I, but I went to the A7780, or 78s just to be sure, and that's a, um, it's a link. It's a link to a tale that I don't know. Okay, it's called Some Rational Inheritance. And what do they say? Carter took the note from his pocket they had handed him earlier. It says, brand name double, t double make. Burgers and fries equals glitter and gold. Ill repressed, indistinct, supersized portfolio. Well, there you go. This is intolerable. We were around for nearly a hundred years before those discount beef peddlers. Longer if you count all the dark wheelings and dealings before our merger. This name is rightfully ours. I'm not about to just let this indignity go unchallenged. Well, you seem to have already given the matter more than thought than I would care to. What do you suggest? We're the most powerful firm in the world. Surely it would be trivially easy to get McDonald's to rebrand themselves, Carter suggested. And as easy it would be to rebrand ourselves. Dark and Dark has a nice ring to it, don't you think? Maybe for an emo punk music label, Carter retorted. Besides, changing our name would be even worse. Imagine what people would say. Marshall Carter and Dark cowed in sub into submission by McDonald's. Lose our mystique. No, 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 that, that won't do it at all. Forget changing their name, we should drive them out of business and send a clear message about what happens to anyone that even indirectly diminishes our profits. You can write some sort of algorithm or something that can plunge their stock value, can't you? Conceivably, but great. That's your new project. Good meeting, productive meeting. I'm going to go for a steam. Shoot me a memo when it's good to go. Carter, get back here. Carter slinked to a halt and reluctantly turned around to face Iris. Carter, even if it was worth my time to create such a program, which it isn't, do you not think there might be some serious economic repercussions to bankrupting the richest fast food franchise on the planet? She asked. Do you not think that a worldwide recession might impact our profits a tiny bit more than some bad brand recognition? Short term, sure, but the economy always bounces back. Plus, recessions are inevitable anyway, so why not engineer one to get some use out of it? Carter, I am not manipulating the global economy to drive McDonald's out of business just because they can share our initials, Iris said resolutely. For an instant, Carter looked like he might argue with her. Looking, looked like he might try to put her in her place. Looked like he would scream that he was one of the company's founders and she was glorified tech support, but he stopped himself. What it is, he hated subordinating himself to a woman, to a youth, to anyone, really. He dared not forget that she was a dark. No, no, of, of course not, he sighed, hanging his head in defeat. Something slutter, then, perhaps? Go to market research and have them figure out how much, if anything, this is costing us, she replied. That will be the budget for any counter-proposals. 
You can oversee the project since it's obviously very important to you. And unlike myself, you don't appear to have anything better to do. Prepare a presentation and we'll have a vote at the next board meeting. Iris and Zoom typing at her keyboard, letting him know that the discussion was over. Carter clenched his fists and gritted his teeth, but also held his tongue. She had given him more satisfaction than Marshall had, at any rate. Pining for the days when Dark's seclusion and Marshall's immobility had made him the de facto head of the company, he turned to leave. Ruprecht, Iris called out before he had made it to the door. Clean this garbage off my desk. <laughs> so, I, yeah, it's just like a, a funny little thing he's about... He's getting angry. They're, angry boy. Yeah, so they're rich, rich people. Mm-hmm. Like, if rich people were poor, they'd still be rich. <laughs> yeah that's, like, what the, that's basically their whole thing they add another layer so there's like there's like poor people then there's middle lower class, class middle class rich, upper class and then them well no then there's billionaires and then there's, and then them. there's them yeah so they're just like which which it kind of makes you wonder about why the fuck does he care so much about mcdonald's <laughs> yeah like there's could buy a country <laughs> like could get the U.S. out of debt without putting a dent in their bank account. Mm-hmm. Which is another thing that we're not going to go into. Yeah, no, this is not a political no podcast. Please. <laughs> please. Please. Okay. Yeah, we're basically done now. Yeah, that was a lot. Um, so yeah, I, that, oh. they auction things and sell them. And some think that, Mark, that Dark is the one making them. Some think he's just the one getting them. Nobody yeah. really knows. It's it's probably fair to say that there it's most likely like a mix between the two, mm-hmm. you know. Because I like, dark is the anomalous one, no matter what, basically. Mm-hmm. And then the other guys are just you know they're people. Uh huh. <laughs> um, and then I I guess as well as this uh, with the tail and mentioned at the bottom where he dared not forget that she was a dark. Uh, that kind of goes into the whole idea of that like it's not just one person. The dark so have been like a a, a several people. Like over time, because it like seemed a like by the end of that, that wasn't the dark. It was a dark. dark, yeah. And that dark with an E was the one dark. Mm-hmm. So I, I so. yeah, because there's the founding one of that, and then there's, but yeah. Um. So there, there, there are a couple different versions, but the main main thing to take away is they they sell anomalous items to different people who basically whoever wants them, but yeah, they also basically whoever can afford them. Also, they're kind of like underground type thing. Like they're they know. It with for the people that know them, they're very very big. However, that's only like a very small percentage of people. Mm-hmm. Um, like they are only known by one by the one percent. Uh huh. Who are most likely actually within that like super high um, echelon, like, social economic status and everything. Yes. So, you know, rich people. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, anyways, uh, as usual. This has been the Secure Contained podcast. Wait, next week is Dr. Wondertainment, and I'm excited because there's some really, really good ones there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just, Soren described it to me as, like, like Yeah, nobody Johnny knows Depp. who. I described it as, like, Johnny Depp in Willy Wonka, but completely androgynous and just with a complete aura of mystery. Mm-hmm. So actually just like, kind like of the, him the, in... Yeah, but with just the Just kind gog- of him in that like movie. With, yeah, like that with the goggles and never speaks a single word verbally. That's just my, like, personal headcanon, but there's no actual thing. Nobody, like, no, it could be a group. Mm -hmm. So there's no, like, physical description of it? Yeah, no. Okay. Well, yeah, so that'll be next week. Um, So be sure to tune in for that eventually. Yes, Um, you'll be be able to hear my excitement the whole time. 
<laughs> I'm sure I will. It's mm-hmm. it's funny because it's like from what I can tell, it's actually kind of like a, a similar to thing to Willy Wonka and everything, and you know yeah. you have the kind of kid like joy within it, but you know whatever. Um, so yeah, once again, this has been the Secure Contained Podcast. I am your co-host David, and I am your co-host Soren, and we will see you next week for that episode that Soren's really excited about. Yep, Doctor Wondertainment. See ya. Bye.